0: Hey, hey friends, this is Jessie Deshane, a chronic illness support coach and host over here on the Chronically Healing Podcast. When I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, I was scared and immediately started looking for support. After finding so much negativity in the autoimmune world, I decided to start a community that emphasizes positivity and healing. On this show, you will hear me have conversations with people just like you who are on their own unique healing journey with chronic illness. There might be a few tears, but you are guaranteed to have a bunch of laughs and lots and lots of love and support. Let's dive into the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So today on the podcast, I have Francesca Van on the show. Welcome. Hey. So I know Francesca personally, so she's sitting here with me, and this is really fun. I never (laughs) get to do in-person podcasts besides with Ben, so I'm excited to get started. So I know you, but why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about you
1: and what you're doing these days? Oh, man. I'm pretty busy, so I am in my last year of undergrad at Mm UW-Madison. Go Badgers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I am studying biology and Spanish. And I was actually pre-med for a really long time. And within the past, like, month or so, I've kind of decided to switch to more, like, a public health career. Um, Just because of my, like, volunteer work in Madison. And I've just kind of realized that the healthcare system, I'm sure, like, you and all the listeners are aware (laughs) that the healthcare system is far from perfect. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But, so that's why I'm interested in, like, public health and kind of changing the way we think about health and all the other factors that go into it, like, social, um, socioeconomic factors, uh, things like nutrition, access to food, food deserts, um, things like that. And even, um, you know, like infant mortality rates are higher in places of poverty. So like, there's so many things that we, the healthcare system doesn't think about that is yeah. so important in health. Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> know you made that change. That's so exciting. Yeah, I, this is like really recent. Oh, <laughs> like, I just told my parents like a few days ago. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I've been thinking about switching for a while, and I I know I could be a doctor, and I I think I would be a good doctor. But yeah. I just kind of want to take. I want you know I'm one person, and I kind of want to spread my goals and achievements across a wide variety of
0: people. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, I love
0: that. Do you like? Will you still have to go on for more school, or is it kind of like? a regular, like, you won't be in school for 100 years like you would have been for pre-med?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, so I was actually thinking when I was, I had switched from, like, pre-med, traditionally going to med school, mm-hmm. and then I switched to, like, maybe doing, like, an MD-PhD, which is, like, doctor of medicine and then a research doctor. So, oh. um And then what started this kind of whole public health thing is I was like, okay, well, what do I want to get my PhD in? Because you get your PhD in, like, cell biology or toxicology or things like public health. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I really want to do my PhD in public health. And then just kind of reflecting, I was like, wait, I just want to do public health. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to be pushing prescriptions all day and, like, yeah. having 15 minutes with a patient. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be doing more than that. Um, and so, yeah. So, I'm planning to use my gap year for, like, work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Oak Street Health, I think it's called. It's the, in the Chicago area. Oh. Um, and they have locations across um, the country. Mm -hmm. There's actually one in Elgin, which is cool. Cool. And so they have like, they serve a patient population that is largely Spanish speaking, um, and low income that they take Medicare and Medicaid. So Mm. I want to do some work with them, use my Spanish. Um, and yeah, and then I'll go hopefully either get a master's or a PhD. That's so exciting. Sorry, I'm getting, like, updates as we're sitting
0: here. That's that's great. But cool. That's awesome. So why don't you tell us a little bit
1: about some of the chronic issues
0: and and things that you deal with?
1: Yeah. So I have, like, a bunch of health issues. It's kind of, like, funny because I don't – I have so many. It's like, oh, yeah, I have that too. (laughs) Um, I'm also very, like, proactive in my health. So I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people do have these kinds of issues. They're just – you know, they put it off until it becomes something that they can't manage anymore and, like, I'm the kind of person – I see a weird bump in my arm, I'm like, oh, my God, dermatologist. Yeah. Go. Mainly my issues are anxiety, depression, um, and then this whole, like, endometriosis, GI thing, mm-hmm. which we'll talk more about. Yeah. It's like a weird <laughs> thing. Um, I also have chronic migraines, tension headaches. All the things. Yeah, that's pretty much the main ones. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we talk a little bit, you just
0: mentioned it, about the PCOS thing. So it had been something that you actually thought was something else, and then they started looking at this.
1: Yeah, so, about a year ago, I was, I mean, I've had GI issues for a long time, like, since I was a baby. Mm. My mom said, this is kind of funny, it's like yeah. a sidetrack, but my mom said I used to, like, crawl around, and I would just throw up everywhere. Oof. Like, she would just do it, like, bleh, and I'd, like, crawl a little bit more, bleh. So, she, she was like, you know, you've had these issues for so long. Yeah. Um, just always an upset stomach, like, when I was little, and it was never, like, something that, like hindered my effectiveness to do life until really college kind of came about. Mm -hmm. And so I was having a hard time getting up for class because I I was just in so much pain, like stomach pain, um, like just all the GI things, like nasty stuff that (laughs) happens. We all know about that. (laughs) Um, But I was kind of like, okay, I really need to get to the bottom of this because I can't continue not going to class or getting three hours of sleep because I'm up all night. Uh, And yeah, so... I started really investigating what was going on, and I saw a GI doctor, I saw my primary care doctor, and she was like, okay, well, we'll run all these labs, you know, they were thinking, um, what's the one, the real gluten-free people? Celiac. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the <It's so> real.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Like, you're like, gluten-free or you yeah. die. <laughs> you're having, like, anaphylactic shock. <laughs> yeah.
1: Whatever. Those gluten-free yeah. <laughs> people. Um, so they were thinking maybe celiac or something like that, um, just based on my symptoms, but they really weren't sure, so they... Ran a bunch of labs, and, of course, everything came back normal mm-hmm. besides, um, like, the inflammation one. Mm-hmm. So then I went to another doctor, and she ran the same labs again, and just the inflammation marker came up. And so they were like, okay, well, we're thinking it's just IBS, you know, because that's mm-hmm. what they tell everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's the blanket one. Yeah, you know. and then they put me on this weird diet, and um, nothing was really getting better. I think I thought it was getting better just because I was doing something about it. Yeah. But it wasn't like I was like automatically changed. Like my life was just like ten times better. Yeah. They ran the labs and then the inflammation one came back up and I had to get a colonoscopy. Mm. So yeah, it was really interesting being a young person getting a yeah. colonoscopy. <laughs> I was it was miserable for anyone that's had it, they probably know like, Yeah. I've never had one yet. It's not terrible. Had one. <laughs> Do you know like what happens? Mm. <laughs> like the before? It's no. like the worst. First of all, you have to take laxatives. Mm. Because they need you to be, like, totally, like, your whole... Flushed out. Totally flushed out. Yeah. And, like, when I say totally flushed out, like, totally flushed <laughs> out. And so you take a bunch of laxatives and then you drink these, like, different drinks with laxatives in them. Because you have to stay, you have to stay hydrated because you're, like, releasing everything. Yeah. And it was just, it's, like, the most miserable, like, 12 hours. And then you have to get up, like, f- six hours before the appointment. So my appointment was, like, at nine, at nine in the morning. How to get up at, like, 3 a.m. Oh, and God. start drinking. Like, you have to drink three Gatorades or something crazy. <laughs> and then you go in, and you have this procedure, and you get out, and you're miserable. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, go eat. And you're like, okay, well, I feel like crap. I'm, yeah. like, half alive. I'm, like, probably have lost 10 pounds. Yeah. Like- you're like, well, maybe that's one good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it was interesting having a colonoscopy <laughs> as a 20-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it came back normal. They found, like, H. pylori in my mm. stomach, which... They gave me antibiotics for, don't think that was the issue. (laughs) So they just like were like, oh yeah, so IBS. And I was like, okay, well, I knew that already. And I was still not convinced that that was the issue. But I continued gluten and dairy free, which was hard. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Especially in college. I cannot imagine, like, the amount of, like, Taco Bell and pasta that I ate in college. That's, like, what I lived at.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people, like, laugh at me because I do not cook, like, a college student. Like, Mm. I think two weeks ago I had salmon and, like, I, like, went to a farmer's market, got fresh salmon. Yeah. (laughs) You, like, grew up with a
0: family that, like, cooks, though. Yeah, Yeah, so,
1: I mean, like, my parents taught me how to cook and I I love cooking and Mm -hmm. exploring things through cuisine. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of, like, a weird fancy way to say it, but... So I, you know, did a lot of stir fry stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was not easy and it's not cheap. No. <laughs> so no, it's not. especially being a college student. Yeah. Having to buy all like the fancy stuff and to check labels and to order things online that are like good for your cooking. It was it was a lot. I think like my parents had a hard time understanding it because we don't have anyone with dietary restrictions in our family. So it was just Kind of interesting to get everyone. I mean, they were really sweet about it. Like, my yeah. dad was trying to, like, all these new recipes, mm-hmm. and he would send me stuff. Like, hey, I just saw this, you know. And that's another thing. Like, my family has been super supportive through this whole thing. I was not, like, getting to where I felt, like, well, yeah. 100%. Like, I still felt better. Um, So then, I would say, like, probably six, seven months ago, I went to the gynecologist, Mm -hmm. and was explaining, like, my symptoms and, like, my GI symptoms, and she was like, okay, because I have really painful periods, Mm -hmm. and I always have since I was, I mean, since I started getting my period. Yeah. So I went to the lady doctor. Yeah. I went to the gynecologist, and I was kind of explaining, like, everything that was going on to her, and I was, like, still not feeling 100%, and what I had really noticed was that my cramps were coming back, and, like, I had cramps so bad in high school that I could barely go to school, like, could barely get out of bed. And it was really hard for my mom to put me on birth control because I was like 16. Yeah. And she didn't want, you know, to like make me feel like it was okay to be sexually active at that age. And I wasn't at the time. Yeah. Um, And I just explained to her, but um, I had like bled through super tampon and a pad. And like before my first class was done in high school. Oh my God. And so my mom had to bring me clothes, and that was like the third time she had to do it. And she was finally like, okay, let's go to the doctor. Yeah. (laughs) So um, it was really a sad situation because I was just in so much pain. But getting on the birth control at 16 really helped. Um, So then I went back to the lady doctor. (laughs) And I told her that my cramps were coming back. I still wasn't feeling great. I had all these GI symptoms that were better but still not 100%. And so they're like, okay, well, we just have some research that suggests that endometriosis can be linked to GI symptoms if it's, like, intertwined. Because, like, Mm. anatomically, it's all in the same area. Yeah. Um, So she was like, well, let's do um, an ultrasound to see if there's any cysts or tumors or anything like that and just make sure you're all, like, structurally okay. And then see if we feel any of the endometriomas, I think it's called, which Mm. are the little, like, growths of extra endometrium. Yeah. So that was, like, again, I'm in college alone. Like, I don't have anyone, like, going to these appointments with me or, like, any. And I don't, like, want to tell my friends at school because I don't want them to worry or feel like they have to be there for me. But, you know, and, like, I'm calling my mom. My mom's concerned because she's two and a half hours away and she can't help that much. Um, so it's just kind of, like, a big growing up thing I had to do. Yeah. So then, yeah, I went to the doctor. They didn't find anything structurally wrong, which I was happy about, but it's, like, you go to the doctor and they tell you, like, you're fine. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Like, you're like, damn, like, I don't feel fine. Yeah, you're like, there's something, though. <laughs> yeah, so, so, she told me she was really cool, um, and she told me, you know, I'm 100% convinced that you have endometriosis. And she's like, but the thing is, I can't give you an official diagnosis on paper unless we do a surgery.
0: Mm.
1: So they have to, like, actually open you up and, like, look around and see if you have those things. Um, So she's like, we're going to treat it like it is. And, um, you know, if in however many years you're having, like, fertility issues and you want to go in there and investigate more, um, I'd suggest doing that. Okay. So we started treating it like it was endometriosis. Basically, I just go pack to pack on my birth control. And I don't ever have a period. Mm. And it has been so much better. Really? Like, just a hundred times better. I feel I feel more alive. I feel like I'm getting sleep again. Like, all these things. Yeah. And, which is really interesting that I, I never put it together that all my symptoms were, like, tied around my menstrual cycle. Yeah. And I would have never guessed. But it has helped a lot. So I'm not gluten-free anymore. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, yeah, so I feel hundred times better yeah and it's helped me with classes and everything and um so around the same time I guess more of like a college student perspective I was actually I went to we have like a disability center yeah and my therapist had suggested hey let's go go to the disability center and tell them about your GI issues and tell them about anxiety and depression and I was like uh, but like those for people with, like actual like learning disabilities and like ADHD and she was like no you have these things that they mm-hmm. help you like they were paid to help you yeah so I finally like sucked it up and went in um and I explained I'm also that's another one I forgot I have 50 percent of my hearing oh <laughs> <laughs> I have hearing aids and everything <laughs> I told you I was gonna forget something yeah. <laughs> um you probably didn't even know that no, no. I feel
0: like. Maybe, maybe Peter's told me once, but well, yeah. I
1: never noticed. Which so. Peter is your brother-in-law. Yeah. 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 Peter's sense. my brother-in-law. <laughs> my so. boyfriend. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he like usually explains to his family like, he's going to talk a little loud. You don't have problems though because you talk. No, because I talk freaking loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like we never have issues. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, so she also told me like go talk to them about your hearing. Mm. So I went to there and I have like a lady who's 100% deaf. She's like my advisor mm. and she like talked to me about all my issues and especially even, like, the gut issues, which was really interesting. I didn't even know that they could do this. But yeah. she, like, has me flagged. So I I usually felt – I still do, like, feel my GI symptoms in the mornings. Mm. So she says – it says on paper that professors have to give me exams, like, past noon. Oh. And so, like, to – That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice because I can, like – and I can, like, use it if I want to. And sure. if I don't want to, I don't have to. So I get, like, a lot of, like, testing accommodations, like, smaller rooms – Stress, that mm. kind of thing. Um That's really nice. Yeah, they have these things for like my um, my roommate now. He has hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. I don't know, one of the thyroid. Yeah,
0: mine's hypo, so underactive.
1: I think his was overactive because he like lost a bunch of weight. Oh, probably hyper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and he was like really hot all the time. Hyper. Yeah. yeah. So he has hyper hyperthyroidism, and he went to that center for disabilities, and they like worked with him to like help him with his schedule and testing and all this stuff because he was going through, like, the change in medicine. Yeah. And it was really hard on his body for that period. So, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. So, you know, it's great to, like, find out your resources and get connected with people that know. Yeah. So that you can take advantage of everything that they have. That's really cool. I hope that
0: more colleges have that. Or maybe they do. And, like, you said, like, I didn't even know that that was a thing. But that would be so helpful, especially in college, like – that's kind of one of the things that we're talking about here and, um, like being a college student, being in school, uh, while you're dealing with these issues. Like my thyroid issues started when I would have been like a junior, but I just took it as like, I'm stressed because I'm a junior. Like my boyfriend at the time had moved back home cause he was a year older than me. I was like in all of these activities. I was working three jobs. I was a junior, so I was taking harder classes, things like that. And, um. And I just kept putting it off to stress. Like, I'm just stressed. I never, I wasn't sleeping enough, so I was just feeling worse and worse and worse. But, like, it would have been nice to know that there was, like, a program or something that I could have really looked into. So if anybody's listening that is a student, you should definitely just look into it. And if that's not something your school has, maybe bring it up. That is something that should be brought in because I think
1: that's really cool. And that's kind of what happened with my roommate. He said he was just feeling really anxious and he kind of just put it like towards school he yeah. was literally just shedding weight mm. um and like he was like a skeleton I saw him and he's like a six foot something guy like kind of like you know mountain man-ish yeah <laughs> um and he was so skinny when I saw him I was like what's going on like are you okay and he was like actually no I'm not you know mm. like we talked about it and he said he was working with the disability center and with his you know like our scholarship program we're in the same program um and people were being really understanding and trying to help him through the transition. But he was kind of like, he's like, I've never had health issues before. And I just, you know, thought it was stress or me kind of just going through some kind of change. and yeah. um, Which they actually did say, his doctor said that the thyroid issue was probably triggered by stress. That, mm. that mm-hmm. kind of stressful environment kind of made everything go haywire. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about your, like, gut issues, things like that. What about... I know that you deal with chronic migraines or chronic headaches and then um, your anxiety in school. Like, how does that affect you?
1: Yeah, so that kind of has, like, a story of me starting to take control of it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it all is, like, everything has kind of started in college with me feeling like, okay, I can't do this anymore, like I really need help or I'm yeah. gonna like crash and burn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my Which good for you. Yeah. For doing that. It's it's hard. I mean to especially when you're so busy with school, to get to appointments and to, you know, call the insurance and say, Who can I see? Who can yeah. I talk to? Um, it's not easy. But I think when you have the passion and the drive to be your hundred percent best self, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of for the greater good. Yeah. So but my, so my freshman year of college, my mom's best friend passed away. Mm-hmm. And it's my best friend's mom. So we, like, grew up together. We were super close. I saw her a lot more than I saw some of my family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was kind of really sudden. She had a brain aneurysm. And, oh, wow. like, just one day it was gone. You know, she was gone. Yeah. So we, I was at school and it was, like, finals. <laughs> so it was, like, in the beginning, in the middle of December, that all of this was happening. And it was my first semester on campus. And I really didn't have like a good support system at school at the time, um, and you know, I'm like I was away, yeah, it was like so scary because you're you're in school, you're getting these calls from your mom who's breaking down crying, and you know you have to stay strong for your family and mm-hmm. but like, I never had the chance to grieve myself because I was just so far away and isolated that I never really dealt with those feelings mm-hmm. um. So that happened, and I, like I said, I never really dealt with it, and then second semester, I was so busy with uh, with my schedule, if anyone has taken Calc 2 or Organic Chemistry. <laughs> those... Nope, I stayed far away from the communication. <laughs> yeah, so those were the classes I was taking as a second semester freshman, oh my and God. my mom's friend had just passed away, and I was, I kind of hit, like, rock bottom, yeah. like, mentally, and honestly, physically as well, because... I started getting these like crazy migraines and I mean for anyone that has migraines you understand that you just can't do anything you have to lay down and like literally pause your life yeah and it doesn't matter if you have class or if you have an assignment or a a paper or a test like you have to just pause life and figure out your migraine and try and get it to go away yeah and sometimes I would have some that would last like hours so it was it was really bad. So I was finally like, okay, enough's enough. I need to figure something out. <laughs> and so I really started getting active about my mental health. Um, I started seeing a therapist, which, again, as a college student, is hard because I would have to take the bus. She was so far away. Um, and then we would have to pay out of pocket for the visits. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that goes to therapy, <laughs> it's not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I started dealing with that. And then um, – Recently, I've seen a psychiatrist, and I'm on a medication now, and the medication has helped so much, but just being aware of my symptoms and school, For the anxiety or for the headaches? For So, yeah, I did see a neurologist for the headaches, oh, okay. which ended up being, like, a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up realizing that Excedrin actually worked best for me. Oh. I tried, like, a bunch of different medications, mm-hmm. and I've heard that that's a thing with some people. Like yep. Excedrin is just what works the best. Yep. Um. So I ended up taking this medication, and I, like, gained, like, 10 pounds in two weeks, I think. Oh, my goodness. And I just kept gaining weight. Yeah. And I was also, like, never going to class. I was so stressed out. I was, like, having all these, like, grief and grieving emotions that I wasn't dealing with. Um, I watched The Office, (laughs) and I didn't stop watching The Office. (laughs) Like, I watched the entire series in, like, a few months, and it was not great, but it was great. (laughs) Um, So I just was kind of like this couch potato that was gaining weight and feeling sad about everything and stressed out, and so I started to kind of get a grip on things, and going to the neurologist, I had um, an MRI done, Mm -hmm. which, again, scary, you know, big machine tests is not fun, and then... yeah. What's the one they, like, hook you up to the EG thing? Oh, yeah. For on your head? Yeah. So they also thought it was, like, mini seizures, maybe. Mm-hmm. So they rolled that out. Yeah, I had the the MRI when I was, like,
0: 12, I think. Yeah. And they, like, I don't know. they I feel like they put something in, like, my veins to make it pop up. Oh, more, or they did, like, a like contrast that. or something? Yeah, yeah. And it was, like... I was, like, freaking out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's scary. Yeah. It's, it has to be done, but I think, especially when you're young or you're by yourself, like, you you know, someone, adult even, who moves to a new town for mm-hmm. work or something, and you're going through this on your own, it can be really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even for young, I can't imagine being 12 in that big machine. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I was like, what is
1: this? <laughs> but yeah, so, um, but yeah, I finally got a grip on that, and it was really, really helpful. So, what are some of
0: the things that you do to help you feel better, like, on a day-to-day basis?
1: So, that's something that's, like, still part of my journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I really, when you had, like, when you asked me, like, oh, what are your hobbies? I couldn't really tell you. I don't have yeah. a lot of things. That, Especially in
0: school. <laughs> yeah, that I
1: have time for or um, that kind of, you know make me feel a lot better I usually when I get home oh I also got an emotional support animal oh yeah yeah (laughs) that was like a really big part of it so I do to make me feel better I play with my cat Mm -hmm. which sounds really lame but she's nope (laughs) she's like acts like a dog I swear she's not like a normal I'm actually a dog person but my cat is like the most dog in a cat yeah (laughs) um but she has helped me so much like just having something to take care of and Something that's, I know it's going to sound really lame, but something that's home and that makes, like, me feel happy to be home and alone is not really alone because I have a cat. Yep. No, I get (laughs) that. sound like a crazy cat lady. No, (laughs) I got a cat well before I had a dog for the same reason. Yeah. And so just... Plus, they're easier. They can,
0: like, be on their own better than I Yeah.
1: And her care doesn't stress me out at all because it actually adds more structure to my life. So, Mm. you know, waking up, doing her litter box, feeding her, it kind of gives me, like, a nice routine that makes every day kind of feel like it's starting the right way. Yeah. Um, so I usually spend time with her. Um, that helps me a lot. And I've actually been working with my therapist on like petting her and like grounding myself. Mm-hmm. So like recognizing like how her fur feels just to kind of bring me back from in my own head with anxiety and depression and just kind of back to reality and like feeling my world around me and realizing that I'm here and mm-hmm. not in that scary world in my head. Yeah. So that's been really helpful. I also kind of try to take You know, I I like to cook when I get home, so Mm. cooking and and then having a nice dinner and watching TV, like, that's kind of my hobby at the moment. It's a really bad hobby to watch TV, but (laughs) I'm not saying anyone should do that, but that's just what I've been doing recently. But I am trying to work on it, like, find something a little more productive to do with my time that makes me feel better, but... But I I think those are all good things, like...
0: That's basically what I do, too. (laughs) Like, I mean, like, sometimes I meditate if I remember to or, like, different things that I've tried depending on, like, where I'm at. But when it comes down to it, like, what I do most of the time is pet my dog, is try to, like, feel as in the moment as I can and having... Routine and structure really helps. Yeah. Just in general.
1: And I'm in, like, close contact with my family and yeah. Peter, and yeah. their and mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird to say. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? But they have also been, like, a really helpful support system mm-hmm. and kind of have really helped me on this whole, like, figuring stuff out. Yeah. Yeah my mom is like super supportive i Mm -hmm. call my mom like all the time yeah (laughs) i'm just like mom like any slight inconvenience that i call her and just kind of like explain things my both my parents are really understanding um and supportive when it comes to my health i Mm -hmm. think um sometimes parents depending on like the insurance situation or just their understanding of health in general they can you know be like really do you need to go to the doctor for that or that kind of thing but my parents are like totally the opposite. They support me one hundred percent, which is really important. Um, I also my boyfriend Peter is a big part of it. He um really understands we've been together like three and a half years now mm-hmm. and he's gotten really good at being in tune with how I'm feeling and where I'm coming from when I say and do certain things. Um, and like if I'm not in the mood to go out, he understands or If I'm, like, finally, like, hey, let's go out, and he's not in the mood, he's, like, all right, like, he kind of sucks it up, Mm -hmm. because, you know, he knows that those moments aren't very often, and also, my roommate now, I've had some, like, trouble with roommates in the past, but my roommate now is really supportive and really helpful, Mm -hmm. and just kind of, like, doing the little things, like, cleaning up, and, like, it really helps with my, like, because I, having a messy house, like, adds to my anxiety. Yep, I'm the same. And it's really not fun to have like your messy life and then all of a sudden your messy kitchen yeah (laughs) so you don't want to come home to that yeah exactly he's really understanding and really respectful with that and um, I really have no trouble like sleeping because of him or anything like that so Mm -hmm. yeah so I've have I've been very lucky to have really supportive people in my life it's just
0: kind of like reworking that since a lot of besides your roommate a lot of your supportive people aren't with you all the time. Yeah,
1: and I've kind of struggled with that as well, being at school. Like, I don't really have super close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, like, a couple good ones, and then everybody else is kind of just acquaintance. Yeah. And they don't really know, like, the whole health, I don't like talking about it Sure. Um, to just anybody yeah. or kind of, like, you know, telling people just, oh, yeah. like, listen to my sad story. Hi, my name's Francesca, and I have all of these things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I usually tell people sometimes about the hearing thing if, like, yeah. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> they can't, I can't hear them. Um, but other than that, I don't, you know, I, I don't like just kind of wearing it on my sleeve. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because I think sometimes people think of you different after you tell them about mm-hmm. all these issues. Or it's the opposite where they're like, really? I didn't even know. Like, you seem like you had it all together. And I think that's another thing that I kind of wanted to express in the podcast. Like, don't judge anyone mm. or assume everyone is perfectly healthy. Yeah. Or Because especially when it comes to mental illness or things like gut issues or um, like I'm me with endometriosis, you have no idea. You can't see those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes even doctors can't see them. So yeah. it's kind of... You just have to be aware that there are so many things going on that you don't understand. Yeah. Um, and I've really learned that with people in my life, and I kind of I think I've, I've shown people that when I tell them, like, yeah, I've been dealing with this issue for a long time, and they're like, I had no idea, so.
0: I think that's so important. Like, for me, that's one of the quote-unquote good things that came from my illness, is that I'm much more patient and understanding for people that i don't know because you really don't know what people are going through like you have no idea like the amount of people that i've talked to that tell me that they have extreme anxiety or they have um you know they've had to quit their jobs because their migraines are so bad and they can't even work or um just things like that that you don't you don't know like you have no idea what someone's going through even someone that doesn't have a chronic issue I've become much more patient and like open to that because you have no idea what someone is going through they could have just found out that a a friend of the family died or that you you know you never know what people are going through and I think myself getting something my Issue can be tested for. So it can, you know, the doctor was able to tell me you have this autoimmune disease. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the other issues that I deal with, people don't see. And um, I lived a lot of my life with my family telling me that I was a hypochondriac, with doctors telling me I was a hypochondriac, with boyfriends, with all these things, people telling me that I was dramatic and I was making things up. And I am a dramatic person. But so I was like, oh, okay, maybe I am maybe I am making these things worse than they are. And then I was like, No, no, I'm actually not. So I think that just like being open to what other people are going through and not immediately being like, this person's a hypochondriac, this person's being overly dramatic, because they say that when they eat this thing, it makes them sick, you know, and just being what's the word like, Caring to people, compassionate. That's yeah. the word that I was looking mm-hmm. for to people because you just have no idea.
1: And I think just being your own like self, and I've gone through that like, am I a hypochondriac? Mm-hmm. Like, am I making this up? Because you look at the labs, and as a person, I do research in science, I yeah. was pre med for a long time, I understand the textbooks. Yeah. As someone with that background, I look at the labs like myself, and I understand what they're saying, and I'm like, you yeah, know, there's nothing wrong on mm. paper, but I know there's something wrong. I don't feel a hundred percent. I don't feel like I'm living to my full potential, and you know, I've seen in my own story, like I have these like months of breaks where I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just deal with it. And then I get to a point where like I can't deal with this anymore. Mm. Um, so that's something I've learned is you know, don't give up if you don't feel right you don't feel right. Yeah. You know, nobody can tell you you're fine if you're not actually fine. Yeah. Um, and being in tune with how you feel and what makes you feel better is so important mm-hmm. in the whole grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. And finding people that will listen
0: to you yeah. is important. And whether that is a doctor, a practitioner, a friend, a family member, like just someone that'll listen to you and like allow you to validate how you're feeling instead of, especially if you're constantly getting hit with the, you're a hypochondriac, you're a this, whatever kind of thing. I think it's really important.
1: Yeah. And the best doctors I've had, they're like, you know, we believe you. And that's kind of how the endometriosis situation went with the gynecologist. She was like, I'm convinced, like mm-hmm. you have me sold. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm looking at your charts and I'm hearing your symptoms. It's just, you know, I don't have a test to prove it right now. Mm-hmm. And she was still like going to treat me as if she did prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, So that was kind of, it was really refreshing to be in a room with two doctors because it was her and a resident that like were listening to me and hearing me and not just blowing me off. Yeah. Like, I've been blown off a lot of times before.
0: Yeah. There's something about gynecologists, man. Like my gynecologist is amazing. <laughs> like every time I go in there, sometimes I'm like, can we not be talking about this right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this, this is awkward. Why are you asking me yeah, about these yeah. things? But um but yeah, I feel like my gynecologist like gives me so much of her time and her knowledge even about things that have nothing to do with gynecology like, you know. And they're like cool ladies, too.
1: Like, yeah. Every gynecologist <laughs> I've ever seen, they're like cool. Yeah. Um yeah, they're they're special people. And I think even the other things that they talk about sexual health mm-hmm. like Habits with your partner. Those things are so important. Yeah. And I think, you know, good doctors will ask those tough questions yeah. because it all relates to your health as well. You know, like they ask me, you know, how does your boyfriend feel about your chronic illnesses? Mm. Like how does he treat you, you know, when you're not having a great day and you're not, you know, wanting to like be super intimate and, he, you know, those are good questions to ask yeah. because it does affect your health. Mm-hmm. And again, tying back to like what I want to do, there's so many factors that affect your health that isn't just, you know testing your blood and yeah you know BMI and all that stuff. yeah like there's so much more to it so. yeah
0: yeah that's that's nice my gynecologist just has baby fever for me oh <laughs> the last time I went there I was like I got my IUD taken out because it mine was affecting me negatively yeah um and she's like great so family planning <laughs> I was like nope <laughs> like, she's like um but we took this out so what does that mean <laughs> I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so is
1: there anything else you want to share with the listeners today? Just being a student, um, especially if you're like working with students or you have a sibling that's a student, you, a lot of times you just like attribute it to being stressed out or being a student and, oh, it's normal to have, you know, to cry before exams or it's normal to feel like there's nobody there for you or if you have stomach aches, you're probably just nervous, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's not always that. There might be something underlying. And I think a lot of campuses across the country, um, at least ones that I'm familiar with, have so many resources to help students um, get through hard times, go, you know, they have health programs, um, therapy, all types of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think just really learning about your resources, even if you're not a student, there's so many things like community health is huge, you know, like, it's just finding those resources and understanding them and Learning how to use them, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good good takeaway. Thank you so much for being on today.
1: Yeah, no
0: problem. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course.